Welcome to Combos from the Couch by Life Stance Health, where leading mental health professionals help guide you on your journey to a healthier, more fulfilling life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our second episode of our newly titled series, The Couch and the Screen, where we explore mental health topics in TV, movies, books, and popular culture. I'm Nicolette Lianza, and I'm joined by my amazing Life Science colleagues, Angel Kramer and Laura McClure. Hi, Angel. Hi, Laura. Hello. And we're also excited to be joined by one of our spectacular Life Science National Clinical Directors, Christine Magnon. Welcome, Christine. Hi. <laughs> All right, so on this episode, we'll be talking about the Apple TV Plus show, Shrinking. So let me start by giving us a little synopsis of the show. So Shrinking is a comedy drama that follows Jimmy, played by Jason Siegel, a therapist and father who's struggling himself with the loss of his wife, who decides to take a very radical treatment approach with his clients as he seeks to help them change their lives and his own. Jimmy's two partners at his therapy practice his mentor, Paul, played by Harrison Ford, and his close friend, Gabby, played by Jessica Williams, do their best to help him through his grief. As the season progresses, we also see everyone in orbit around Jimmy navigating their own personal issues as they all try to help one another. So there we go. Jumping in, let's see what everyone thought about the show overall. Christine, will you start us off? Sure. I, I'm a fan of the show. And if there is a season two, I'm not sure if it's coming yet, I'm going to keep watching. I think that as for me, at the end of the day, when I'm going and turning something on the TV, I like to watch comedy and something a little more lighthearted. My sister had told me about this show and she was like, Christine, you have to watch the show. It's about therapists. But she's, I'm curious how, what you're going to think because it's a therapist, but basically does anything you don't want to do with a therapist or anything you wouldn't do. So she's, I want to know what you think, but like go and watch it. And I watched it. I'm a fan of Jason Siegel, though. Like, I'm a fan of his work, Harrison Ford. It was nice to see him in a comical role. So that piece was nice. If I was looking at it from, hey, I'm a therapist, looking at this, I might have a little bit of a different approach. But my lens is as just an audience member looking at it for pure entertainment. So I'm on board. I'm oh. going to keep watching. Okay, cool, cool. Laura, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's very Similar to Christine, it's definitely the perception that you watch it with. I had a lot of trouble in the first couple of episodes because an ethical therapist interventions abound. And really, after some time thinking about it, I was really able to shift my perspectives by viewing the other characters outside and around Jason Siegel as his inner parts and looking at it through an internal family systems theory and looking at it as Harrison Ford is definitely a manager. Gabby has dual roles of a manager and a firefighter. His client, Sean, definitely a firefighter. And then as you got towards the end of the episode, when you see them celebrating the neighbors, Derek's retirement, it's like that moment when all the other parts are aware that there's other parts mm -hmm. and they're starting to integrate. And then that final episode, that wedding, that his like mono, but I don't know what I'm trying to say there, his speech. Yeah. It's really talking about, we all know we're here and we're all supporting our, each other, but we need to be talking to each other so that we know how best to support each other. And so for me, when I look at it from that lens, I was like, that was amazing. 
I will say on the flip side, I really did like that they showed therapists after hours because uh. we are just like our clients. Life happens to us in the same way that life happens to them. And we have maladaptive coping skills as well. So I did enjoy the humanization of us as therapists. However, I do have a little, like, it makes me a little icky thinking that there are people with mental health issues going on that might be like, is that what therapy's like? Is that what my therapists are like? And it might shy them away. So I mixed thoughts, but I pray be down for season two. Okay. Thank you, Laura. Angel, your thoughts. Yeah. So I loved shrinking as well. But there were also those cringe moments where I was like, oh, eh, uh. it's like watching a train wreck. Uh, you're just, your whole body tenses thinking about the terrible things happening. But also very similar to Laura. I don't have a background in working with IFS and parts work. But we both came to the same kind of interpretation from very different lenses. Only I saw it as the growth of the tribal community, surprise, and this friend group coming together, healing, because they all suffered a major loss. So it's still the parts, but I looked at it more from that individual slash community perspective of it. Thank you, Angel. I have a feeling as I'm hearing each of you talk that one, I was not a fan of the show, but I have a feeling that as we continue this conversation, I might go back and rewatch it from a different lens. I just could not get over just the unethicalness of it and the boundary issues. Like I, and I had to step back. So I'm like, okay, I'm taking it way too serious. I know I'm a therapist and he's like checking off all these boxes that are like big no-no's. And I really just couldn't get past it to enjoy it. I tried several times. My wife is like, just take it for the fun of it. It wouldn't be a good show if it was just like therapists being good therapists. And I'm like, okay, yeah. But then I also, it felt too much with all the enmeshments of all the characters. Just, oh my gosh, Jimmy's then sleeping with his colleague, Gabby. And then Paul seeing Jimmy's daughter for informal therapy sessions. And the neighbors are just all over. And I was just like, oh. Too much, too much. So that is my quick and dirty premise at this. But this is what makes this a good conversation in our different points of view with this. And what you saw as chaotic, I actually saw as making it a full show. Okay. There, there weren't filler characters necessarily. They all Fair had point. something happening. They're all presenting with something. And I think that's part of why I like so many of Bill Lawrence's shows, who is one of the creators, uh, because he does such a good job of making everyone on screen valuable they are all human they're all presenting with something and i very much appreciate that mentioning bill lawrence he also did you mentioned scrubs where we were talking previously scrubs he's done test ted lasso as well mm -hmm. i think there's one other one that he did too there was cougar town. cougar town yeah he has a whole history i i I've seen a lot of comparison of this show to Ted Lasso, which might be another show we, we cover on this as well. And Brett Goldstein, who is also one of the creators, played Roy Kent in Ted Lasso. Oh, yes, in Ted Lasso. Let's just talk from just portrayal of therapists. So, Christine, do you want to start us off with that? Portrayal of therapists. I was, when they were in therapy sessions, which I tend to do with shows is hear the interventions and think, is that what I would say in response to that? And I was struggling to find those moments with this show. I think 
You were talking, Nikki, before about like Harrison Ford doing these like pseudo therapy sessions with daughter Alice. And I, for me, I was thinking back to my work with adolescents and thinking, yeah, do we, is it a little bit more of a casual dialogue with adolescents sometimes? Sure. Do we bring Nick into the session? Sure. Do we make, I mean, I used to work in residential training, so we would go outside and go for walks instead of the people. And it really helped with that core building. So there were certain elements of it that I could jive with. But not necessarily as a whole, for sure. Got you. Laura? Yeah, kind of like you said when I was discussing my thoughts on it, was I really loved that they portrayed the therapist and showed their messiness. Because I feel like so often clients will tell me, like, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. I don't know what you'll think of me. And I'm like, I am a hot mess most of the time. Like, I... I just learned some coping skills and I can function with my hot messness and you can't do eventually. So I really appreciated the humanizing of us. Kind of like Christine said, the interventions, particularly in that last episode with that female patient who has verbally abusive, as soon as he said, yeah, brush the brakes in and stuff. And I was like, oh no, oh no, you are liable. You are liable. liable. You're going to court. And then the end of the episode, I was like, I knew it. So I really did not like the way they portrayed therapists as therapists. I liked the way they portrayed therapists as humans. Good yeah, point. I really like that piece too, Laura. I think it's like therapists struggle too, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that humanization, that did make sense. You know, and I think it's sad enough, right? Like sometimes we're really good at giving the advice on, or the feedback on how to cope well, how you manage this and these behaviors you want to see acting on them ourselves as we're seeing with Jason Siegel's character, although that might have been on the way up the end of the spectrum. Sometimes we don't necessarily follow our whole feedback that we give our patients. And, and there was a moment too, where I think it was Jason Siegel was having a memory back to when his late wife and they were at a party and someone made a co- some sort of a comment saying, oh, you have a therapist in the family. You must not struggle with these relationship struggles that we all struggle with, or you must always know how to get feedback. And his wife said something like, well, you'd be surprised. And so I think it's just like that reminder that, yeah, we're humans too. We can bring in sessions, but in terms of bringing it through our own worlds, we can try as hard as we can, but 100% of the time, not necessarily yeah. easy to do. And I tell my clients all the time, it's really easy for me to kind of have an outside perspective on your life and why you can't always, because we're in the midst of it and we're having an emotional reaction. We can't think and see it clearly. So the same thing that's happening to you in your situations happens to us in our situations. Angel, your thoughts. Yeah. So I agree with everything that's been said up to this point. I like the depiction of us as human. We have things going on. We have a life outside. We have a friend group. We have struggles. And it shows just how important our self-care is. So we don't get to that burnout. We don't get to the point where we talk to our colleagues and are like, Do you ever just want to shake them? Do we have those thoughts internally? I'm sure most of us do at some point, but our filter is turned on and they don't be outside words. Exactly. You can just see how he is so defeated, Jimmy is, and struggling to show up and be that therapist role. The very first opening scene with him in the therapy office it was filmed purposely to make us go, wait, which one's the therapist? 
And that was, of course, purposeful to show where he was at in his headspace. He was not showing up as a therapist. He was struggling. And we all struggle. But hopefully most of us are still ethical. Yeah. (laughs) And the show is a case study in all the things that we can do incorrectly. Great point there, which I'm going to piggyback on that, Angel. I Again, as I mentioned, I was having a hard time kind of getting past all that. I think probably the most, I should say, the biggest problem I had with Jimmy is that I felt like some, and we'll talk more about the therapeutic relationships in a bit, but oftentimes I felt like his therapy sessions were more about him and, and, and instead of his clients. And I just, I really had a lot of issues with that. I think for myself and my own practice, I really work really hard to make sure this is me there for them and that working, make sure I'm not transferring out of them or anything like that. So I just had, it was just a really big pet peeve of mine and that he very much inserted himself in their lives. I, I can't imagine sneaking up on a client while they're on a date, <laughs> coaching, like things like that, or even having a client come to live with me, which would be, and I don't also understand how his, how Gabby and Paul didn't called the licensing board then be like what would be your duty but again i'm looking at it too through too much of a real lens there and it takes away from just the fun of the show too so if we had a show on realistic therapy it would not be a show right like we almost have to suspend belief but then we have to consider what harm is that doing in suspending the belief good point One thing that I will say, I think they did a good job with as far as like the therapist portrayal of Gabby had a line in there. I don't remember what it was, but it it was something like, if I wanted a mentor, I would have one that looked like me. And they really discussed the lack of people of color Mm -hmm. in the mental health provider field. And they made that an important storyline with her trying to get a professorship and saying, if more teachers looked like me, how many more people that looked like me would join the profession? Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was a really great part of this series is that they are talking about real issues that are actually happening within our profession in that manner. I agree, Laura. Talking. I did love that call out as my particular, her client, right? Drove 90 minutes just to see, you know, her because it was somebody who looked like her. And so that was very telling. Digging in more with looking at therapy and the therapeutic relationships and the show's portrayal of that. What are your thoughts? Christine? I, I think speaking to some of the context that I think we've provided here thus far, just I struggle with almost feeling like in Jimmy's Jimmy's character where he it almost felt forceful some of the interventions that were going on there which was causing some harm to the therapeutic relationship like thinking about the client who struggled with OCD and so he inserted himself in her home yeah and then she got some mixed signals and she was confused on the client end and then there was so much repair work there that she literally closed her eyes and questions and see them looking and so it was just you know that these forced interventions that that he was attempting just felt like they they weren't they were doing more harm than good yeah yeah Laura? Oh, I think that was a terrible portrayal of client-therapist alliance and relationship. Oh, that just, if I had a therapist like that, no, I wouldn't even get on my, <laughs> like, 3D, like, let's see if we're fit kind of thing. 
But when I, it's, it was, I did not enjoy it. I had a very hard time with that, especially when, I don't know how much you guys know about like neuroscience, but they've started doing functional MRIs with people, both the therapist and the client during therapy sessions. And what they're showing is that there's a right, there's a brain to brain connection, a right hemisphere to right hemisphere that's actually like talking to the subconscious. And what they're showing that does is it actually stimulates the same like attachment patterns that it can with your primary caregiver in infancy. So that's a really special relationship. And this was just done all willy nilly. And I had big, again, this is, I think why I stopped looking at it as therapy sessions and started looking at it through the IFS lens. Because when I looked at it like that, I was like, yeah, Sean's his anger. He's that anger part of the, his grief process. Mm. And when Sean said, I think it's time for me to get a new therapist, that was me identifying that Jimmy had identified Sean as his part, it's his anger part, and beginning to integrate that into self. So when I flip it, I can, you know, and I look at it from a different point. I'm like, this is beautiful. But if I'm looking at it like client and therapist, oh, I was not happy. Got you. Angel, your thoughts. Yeah. So when the better portrayals of therapy are Paul and Alice sitting on a park bench, or in a later episode when Paul is speaking to one of his clients of a long time, I think they said, and those two are the best portrayals of therapy in the entire yeah. series. Mm-hmm. Saying a lot. Because even though they're kind of like red flag. Right. I think there's a theme here that I, it seems like with all three of you, you did the show, but really cringe at the actual therapy part of things that therapists and how they're portraying, they are doing their craft. And I think it is worth mentioning that anyone who's not a therapist and just the general audience watching the show, it could shape their view of is that what therapy would be like? And again, this is why we're having this episode to talk about. This isn't necessarily accurate. You know, I, I can appreciate that there's a part of, I, I'm sure with all of our clients, there might be some curiosity of, hey, what's Angel like outside of the therapy session or Laura or Christine? I can appreciate that, that natural curiosity just as humans we might have towards our therapists and stuff like that. So I can appreciate that. What about specific mental health symptoms and issues that were portrayed in the show? Looking at those themes. Christine? So we have so many, right? Grief and loss is a huge theme throughout the show for so many of the characters. And how they each cope with that is extremely different. Starting with that opening scene with Jimmy where he's using drugs and there's girls there it's late at night and he then you find out he has a teenager in the house and, and then shoot to the teenager who's also struggling with some grief and loss issues obviously where she's maybe isolating a little bit more from her dad but maybe it's because he's not available and turns to neighbor and has her own struggles as a teen struggling with that and then there's Harrison Ford's character who has this diagnosis and and his physical health is he's mourning the loss of that and then also yeah. thinking about this relationship with his daughter it's just there's that theme with so many of the characters all over the place. And then there's Gabby and her divorce and those kinds of things. So all over the place, there's the therapists are struggling with their own grief and loss struggle throughout yeah. it. And so I, I, that was a huge thing for me. Laura? Yeah, like what Christine said, a lot of grief, finding out that mom died in a 
car accident makes me say this is definitely led that traumatic grief like unexpected came out of nowhere it was like a horrific lots of damage probably didn't go easily so I see a lot of traumatic grief in there I think there's substance abuse with Nico and it's almost kind of like you could look at Gabby as like the adult child of an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I just have, like say, mm-hmm. go to Al-Anon. You need some like adult child of an alcoholic. <laughs> group work. So for me, I think those were the two. And then just trauma with Sean. Mm-hmm. He's at, com- coming from like a, a rough family background and a veteran. And then you see that in the her vigilance in that first episode when he's explaining like how he got into that. Like, man, all you have to do is give me a wrong look and I'm ready to go. And so I would say lots and lots of trauma and grief and traumatic grief. I agree. Angel, what about you? Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is we also see life transitions and adjustments happening. Mm -hmm. If we take a look at Liz and Derek, they're adjusting to a new phase of their life. Mm -hmm. Derek is retiring. Their children are grown up. They have an empty nest. And we see how Liz is trying to compensate for that by stepping in to take care of Alice and then struggling to separate again when Alice and Jimmy don't need her to be mom quite as much. Yeah, good point. Good point there for sure. I think this is a show for anyone navigating trauma or grief or life transitions. I think this show probably very much spoke to them which is definitely a plus, putting on a plus side for this show. I think that's very helpful to show that. I think we're all agreeing that, that that's somewhat, we're looking at that pretty accurately. That's how that's portrayed. So that helps, even though they're for themselves, maybe a little wonky, but at least the portrayal of the mental health issues seem to be pretty spot on. So that's good. Any other concerns or criticisms of the show or positives of the show? Let's throw it all out there. Christine, you want to start off off with that? Yeah, sure. I think we've been sprinkling these down throughout our discussion today. There's ethical violations all over the place. HIPAA? What's HIPAA? Even like just people walking into therapy sessions? I think there were moments too where, let's say when Jason Siegel did show up on his patient's date night, like how do you know that your patient's on a date at this point? So there were a couple random moments where I was like, or where the patient's husband came and found him at his daughter's soccer game. And sort of, I was like, how did you even know? So there were moments like that where I was like, where was the connection and storyline here? And I think in terms of his role, Laura had mentioned a little while ago about, you know, wanting to refer Gabby to Alan on it. So speaking of like these addiction themes that were there and thinking of Jason Single's role, it was almost more, if you're, I wouldn't even want to completely put him in the bucket of being like a sponsor as opposed to a therapist, but it almost feels more like that. And even that would have some, you know, boundary issues there that you would need to look at, but it's less of a therapist role and more like someone who would be sharing their, you know, their personal history and their past and taking clients in a car and going and doing things together as part of that relationship and less than like a therapeutic role. Laura, it looked like you were going to add something to that as well. Yeah, I think I was just going to say that there's two things for me that I just really loved about this show. One was the music in the Tesla. Oh, yeah. music choices. My yeah. goodness, my angsty inner teenage <laughs> just like, yes, I want to be in that Tesla with you. And then the 
fun dip obsession. I had so much. That's <laughs> a fun dip. Yeah. <laughs> Every episode had some sort of like nostalgic. I was a teenager in the nineties thing for me. And I think that's Good awesome. Point. I was so readily able to find a new way to view the show so I could enjoy it because there was a lot of like nineties angst stuff in there that spoke to me. And then one other thing about the actual therapy sessions, because I've been pretty hard on them, but there was at one point, I think it was in therapy with Sean, where Jimmy, Sean had said something about chicken wings or something. And then Jimmy's, yeah, so all the parts of your brain. And then he's like, all I can think about now is chicken wings. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't talk about how many times I'll try and use an analogy with kids. And then I'm like, okay, this is all I can think about now. And I'm sorry that I got us all distracted thinking about this topic. So that like, just really hit home for me. And that was the one thing about therapy session that I thought was really real is that sometimes we get a little brain party up there. Very true. Angel? So I think once I was able to look at the show and realize that them being therapists added a salaciousness to it. But overall, they could have been anything. Their career could have been completely different. And the relationships, the growth, the hurts, all of that could have been completely the same. And being able to separate that, I think, changed my lens of the show. That's just, that's background. It plays a part. And it's been the bulk of our conversation today. But also, the therapy was kind of minor overall. Because the show is about the growth and the healing and the community. Which we see culminate at the end at Derek's retirement party. Laura had talked about it from the perspective of parts. And you see all of them click. They've gotten to this point together. They were able to heal as a community. Yeah. And I thought that was incredibly beautiful. I also thoroughly loved Gabby. And I loved Paul. My goal in life is to be Gabby. somewhere between two. <laughs> be friends with Gabby. I agree, Christine. <laughs> I either want to be friends with them or I want to be a little bit of both of them. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Both of those characters. It's funny because we're talking about how Jason Siegel's character is, eh, but he's going through it. The likability of Gabby and like how cool would it be to have a therapist like Paul? Yeah, just his whole style, which I think I vaguely heard. I'm not actually sure if this is correct, but that I think I remember reading that Harrison Ford based his character at Paul loosely on a real life therapist that gosh who is that actor who is Jonah Hill yeah Jonah Hill on stunts that, that yeah yeah which might be another thing we cover on this this podcast as well but yeah that, that was really interesting to me is that was his model of hey I'm going to model myself after this particular therapist so maybe even more tr intrigued about that other show then so guy my gosh I think this is a great conversation we just had I, I, again collectively I think we agree that the entertainment value of the show was there. I did find some of the show funny and everything like that. I think I would like the show just way better if, if Jimmy wasn't a therapist, if he was an attorney, if he was a nurse. <laughs> and someone else. Right, right. Everything had to do. Right. I think I've been like, oh, okay, I can get into this. This is all good. But anyways, that was my hang up. But thank you. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Christine. And thank you, Angel, for sharing your thoughts on the betrayal. I'm shrinking. So I also want to say our next episode, we'll be covering the horror movie Smile with our life science clinician, Micah McGee. So that'll be an interesting conversation there. I 
would also like to thank the team behind the podcast, Jason Clayton, Juliana Whitten, and Chris Kelman. Take care, everyone. Thank you.